You're going to have to get Serena to take this sailor business seriously. Moon Podcast Escalation! My name is Jordan D. White. My name is Chris Sims, and this is Sailor Business, the podcast where we sit down with a friend to watch every episode of the classic 1992 Sailor Moon anime and break it down to talk about just why it is that we love this show so much. Uh, we've got a good one today, a fun one. And look, look, it is not at the heights of last week. No. <laughs> what will be? Nothing. Our lives are downhill from here. <laughs> Uh, we are going to be talking about episode 32 of Sailor Moon, uh, which is called Umino's Resolve, I'll Protect Naru. Or uh, Tuxedo or, Melvin. Much better title. Much better. Uh, I'm not going to lie. They say Tuxedo Umino Mask so much in this episode, and I just want them to say, just say Tuxedo Melvin. Just say Tuxedo Melvin. Uh, but to help us talk about this episode, we have returning to the show uh, Amanda Meadows, the editor of The Devastator, the quarterly comedy magazine, uh, who was with us last week. Amanda, welcome back to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me again. Now, I, I mentioned this before we started recording, but this is a little weird because normally we record two episodes at a time. Right. Uh, so normally like if you are listening to the show and you hear us end an episode and then start it back up with the same person it's only been about three minutes it, it is as long as it takes to get a refill on my coffee before we start talking again today it has been two weeks <laughs> it has been quite some time that's, so yeah, that's, far, actually, that's longer than the people listening to it between episodes spent between episodes yes yeah that's true, that's true. so amanda Sorry. genuinely welcome back thank you we've all grown since then yeah so i, I think this will be good i feel like we learned a little bit about life yeah yeah i've taken all my sailor says from last week to heart <laughs> I don't even remember was it. It, it was so long ago. Your, yeah. Did you get your cat spayed and neutered? Is that what you <laughs> Yeah. Well, I've, I've, I've refrained from cock-locking my female cat as often as possible. Oh. I'm not, I don't, I don't think that was the, I don't think that was the moral. I think you might have that backwards. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. I have a slight uh, follow-up. I have a slight follow-up on that episode because people on okay. Twitter, everybody, first of all, everybody loves that episode on Twitter. Everybody was unanimously talking about how great it was, but somebody was going, oh, that's the episode where Luna has a crush on that fat cat. And I I was like, no, that's the episode where the fat cat has a crush on Luna. And people were arguing with me about that. Like, no, Luna has a crush on him too. What did, what did you guys think? Uh, I, I think he grew weird. on her over over the course of the episode. First of all, it's weird that people would be arguing with you like you didn't just watch that episode three <laughs> times and talk about it for two hours. <laughs> like, pl- no, please feel free to point things out about the episodes that we missed that we don't talk about, but also understand that we have watched these multiple times. Well, they do. Listen, you can't say that because our, our listeners do point out things that we don't know all the time. <laughs> oh no, I know they do. And we like look, I and I, and I like that. I like learning things about Sailor Moon. Like we have had guests on this show who have so much knowledge of like everything from, you know, Japanese cultural stuff that we missed out on like the wedding dresses, like we were talking about how the dresses were hideous and purple, yep. to just filling us in on backstage stuff with Sailor Moon. So all kidding aside, please do point stuff out. But also, Luna does not have a crush on Rhett Butler. Like, even at the end of the episode, when she sees his face in the clouds. Like, she gets, she's like, oh, brother. <laughs> like, 
Amanda, I think you're right. I think he, I think he grows on her. But uh, I don't think, I don't think romance is on Luna's mind. First of all, because he's all business. That's very true. She's all sailor Uh, business. Yeah. Yeah. My cat happens to be female, so I just want to make sure I'm not being sexist and protecting her from (laughs) cats advance. You know. (laughs) Yep. 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 Trying to be sex positive. (laughs) Cat sex positive. Yeah. <laughs> like we will learn we will learn a little bit about Luna uh in this episode actually. Uh it will answer no questions. No. So <laughs> so speaking of speaking of our listeners pointing stuff out to us, uh we've got lots of uh questions and and comments on Twitter that I can uh, bring up, bring us forward if you'd like to hear some. Oh sure. Now we That's already great. talked to Amanda about uh your history with Sailor Moon, uh you being the the only kid in school who liked Sailor Moon and the one who was making quizzes to help your friends yeah. find out which Sailor Scout they were. <laughs> Which they yeah, were not I, interested in at all. No, it was like human BuzzFeed 20 <laughs> years ago when nobody wanted it. It was awful. And uh, if you want to hear that, you can go back and listen to the last episode. But now I think we are going to talk about some uh, listener questions that people have sent us to our Twitter, which is at Sailor Business. Uh, we always like to hear from people who listen to the show. So, uh, Jordan, what do we have this week? We've got a whole bunch. Let's see. Uh, Michael Scally asked, actually, he had a whole bunch of questions for us. Uh, his first was, which universe do you feel Sailor Moon would best cross over with, Marvel or DC? Also, which heroes would you team Sailor Moon with? Uh, oh, that's a toughie. I mean, I feel like, you know, you you and I are both biased on this, Jordan. I do feel like Sailor Moon could more easily cross over with the Marvel Universe. Well, Marvel, I feel like the Marvel Universe is more receptive to different tone and genres touching each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, mainly because there's already a, a weirdo who lives on the moon, <laughs> like true. in ancient ruins on the moon. Oh, that's yeah, true. So think- you think the blue area of the moon yeah. is the leftovers of the moon kingdom? Yeah, I think that makes perfect sense. Like, do you not think that makes sure. perfect sense? That's great. Like, yeah, obviously. Yeah, I, I bought. I bought that already. I'm. I'm in. <laughs> also, like, I think the crystal system fits Marvel very well. Like uh, the magic and the and the ancient crystals and stuff like that. All the all the uh, MacGuffins and talismans like kind of match up thematically with like the the Marvel stuff that I've read. So I like it. I'm in. I mean, look, I would love to see the uh, like if I was flipping through the multiversity guidebook, I would love to see the one of the fifty two worlds that is Sailor Moon. Oh sure, or that even is like all anime. <laughs> Like, they're just like, yep, and all anime happens over here. I will let you in on a secret, uh, but don't spread it around too far, okay, listeners? Um, okay. <clears throat> I have multiple times tried to do a magical girl book at Marvel, and it's always come close to coming true, and then it barely goes, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> you were the, if I remember correctly, you were the uh, editor on uh, Galacta. Oh, I was, yeah. Which was, which was all, like, almost a magical girl book. It's sure. Because it's about the daughter of Galactus. Yep, yep. Who just wears a cute Galactus, like a, like if Galactus was a mini dress. Like, that's what she wears. Yep, that was, Adam Warren did that. It was so great. It was so great. But I, uh, yeah, I, 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 don't, I shouldn't talk too specifically about them, because you never know. Who knows? Maybe someday I'll get to do them. But I was, I, every time they've almost happened, I've been like, yes, yes, yes. Oh, Oh, well. Oh, yeah. uh, How disappointing. Now you just have to work with Star Wars. <laughs> I, I could have done both. Um, I think uh, a, a Sailor Moon crossover with the X-Men would work really well. I feel like that'd be a lot of fun. 100% yes. 
X-Men is my favorite Marvel property. I would I would get every everything about that crossover. <laughs> I would buy everything. I mean also we did talk about there being a uh, a uh, Sailor Moon Batman crossover in a previous episode. That'd be great. It really would. <laughs> uh, I I actually do think there is a a version of the DC universe where Sailor Moon could work really well. Um and and uh Morrison, Grant Morrison did a really cool thing with uh Chris Burnham with with Frank Whiteley when that Batman Inc. started, like, there were a lot of things about, like, weird parallel stories going on that we just didn't see, like Knight and Squire in England. Right. Like, if you read the Paul Cornell uh, Knight and Squire miniseries, it was funny. like, there is a there is a history there that just, like, assumes that 70 years of comics happened that we just didn't have them. And I feel like the Mr. Nobody and Lord Deathman stuff in Japan, mm-hmm. like, you could pretty easily slide a Sailor Moon analog into that. And I'm kind of surprised that when they did Super Young Team and when they oh, did yeah, Batman that's what Japan, I was going to say. I was going to say, what was the name of that Japanese team they did right 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 yeah they, they had like uh you know obviously they were like kind of visual nods to Sailor Moon I think uh what was what was her name Lolita Canary <laughs> yeah uh was kind of visually like had the Sailor Fuku I think but uh like I feel like you could you could slide Sailor Moon into that mainly because there was a villain uh, that I believe uh, Chris Burnham created who was called Lady Tiger Fist who had tigers for fists <laughs> it's genius genius <laughs> That would be great, uh, but the only problem is, you know, like two years later, like Sailor Jupiter would have her arm ripped off or something. So, <laughs> well then, well, like, look, don't, don't, Sailor look. Jupiter with a mecha arm—that would be. Amazing. Don't act, don't act like there's one company that likes cybernetic arms. Uh, <laughs> yes, you're right. You're right. And then she, and then they, she meets Forge at like right. wherever he goes to get cybernetic leg, you know, checked out, and they fall in love. Oh, I can't wait. I mean, it's gonna be great. Sorry, we just broke up uh, Jupiter and Mercury. So, because nope. Jupiter I, goes for Forge. Nope, that's just not. That, first of all, Forge is a million years old. <laughs> yeah, that's that's accepted in Sailor Moon universe. What, what's your problem? Primary. <laughs> that is actually true. You got me there. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's our next. Question. We got that one. Uh, who would you want on an all Yuma Suicide Squad slash Thunderbolts? Ooh. So a team of uh, Sailor Moon villains who have to work together on behalf of the forces of good because they're forced to. Now, is this just like is this just like the the seven great Yuma? I don't like know. The, the, I, I would say seven I, I would say it could be. I mean, because then our answer would be those seven. So I would yeah. say the answer this should be anybody who's ever been on the show. Okay. Uh, uh, Tetis. I think <laughs> your favorite. I liked like Tetis was cool. You're right. Like, I, I really like Tetis. Um, I really like uh, what was the uh, Andrew's girlfriend turned into? I liked her a lot. Yep. Yep. Uh, with the big flask. I forget what her name is. <laughs> the big flask. Yeah. Um, gosh, like that's the thing. I don't remember any of their names. Like the. <laughs> They all have names I forget. I, I, I like, really like the idea of like Luna having to put together a suicide squad of monsters, except for like the <laughs> monsters are all dead. Like, unfortunately, ooh, all ooh. the monsters get killed at the end of every episode. All right. I want camera monster who traps mm. people in pictures and they come out that of That monster fist. was good. That was a good one. Uh, also, creepy doll from the mm. from Disneyland. <laughs> from, from Tokyo Disney. Tokyo yeah. Disney, yes. Uh, who else? I mean, definitely Gigi because Gigi was pretty hilarious. Well, Gigi's like the Gigi's like the Wolverine. Sure, the team. You never you never know which way Gigi's gonna go. And then definitely boxing Angel Priest. Yeah, like that's a good lineup. That's a good lineup. Amanda, <laughs> do you have a favorite uh, villain that you'd like to see come back and, and work as a hero? Oh gosh, um, probably Kunzite and Zoisite. Like I want them to like have a face turn. Wait, wait, they die? <laughs> do they go away? <laughs> probably. Hmm. Listen, you know. I don't 
mythology very well. That would be right. Don't spoil it. <laughs> for anybody. <laughs> they've, they've only seen two of the negaverse generals get killed so far. <laughs> that doesn't. That's not, not a pattern till three. Well, listen, dude. Uh, in fact, Jedi's not dead. He's just sleeping for eternity. Uh, that is true. So let's bring I'll him back. Put him good. on the team. What's a good? What would be a good plot is if Jedi comes back from being an eternal sleep and he has to go like like if Maxfield Stanton didn't really die if a Nephrite didn't really die and so they have to like go get like rescue Nephrite oh like that's a that's a pretty good because he's the ultimate you know <laughs> bad guy turned good right bad guy turned decent for five minutes right before he dies <laughs> yeah yeah so to speak um, so this is, that was some good answers let's see what's next uh, now I don't think I even know what this means but the Dark Kingdom and Steven Universe's Gem Empire which precious stone regime comes out on top do you know what that means oh uh, no uh wait 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 jordan do you not watch steven universe yeah i've, I've never heard of it unfortunately you don't oh jordan i was like i want you to leave this in the show because i'm excited about yeah. everybody telling you how great steven universe is okay yeah like I, the great thing about steven universe is like no one's gonna shame you for having not seen it they're just gonna really push you to watch it yeah they're just gonna be I, like, really excited because you're yeah. gonna love it okay well, you like, are I going to love it light rise when you watch it what um where do you see basically basically what happened was that there's this uh this group called the crystal gems and there's they're all named for gems there's garnet amethyst and pearl and there was one named rose quartz and rose quartz died uh slash became died giving birth to slash died and was reincarnated as her son steven with a human so he's half human and half gem and so they're like a superhero team, very, very magical girlish to start off with. But then, you know, he's kind of this kid who he can't really get his gem powers to work. And so he's just this weird kid who lives in this weird, <laughs> weird cartoon Portland. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then you find out that there is like, you know, it, you find out really early on that the gems are from another planet. Like they, they travel between worlds through these warp pedestals and that there's more gems that are out there. And so there are good gems and bad gems and all that jazz. Yeah. Uh, it's such a great show. What? Steven is like, is the most wonderful cartoon character. He's so cute. It's, and fun. it's weird because it took me a while to warm. Like I, I always liked the show, but it took me a, a while to warm up to Steven in particular. Like I was uh, like, I like, just want, I just want to watch this show about the the girls. Like I just want to watch the show about the gems. <laughs> what uh, what is then, it? Like, what, where does it air? It's on Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network. Okay. Yeah. It's it's re- like, but you need to watch it from the beginning. Is oh, the thing. Like it's tricky. not gonna yeah. it's not gonna seem like you need to watch it from the beginning, but you do. Uh, Very true. Like Sailor Moon. Yeah. It's, yeah. Much like Sailor Moon. And and it is like it, it was created by Rebecca Sugar, who has pulled in amazing voices. Uh, yes. Garnet the the gem is voiced by Estelle. There was a character voiced by Amy Mann a character voice by Nicki Minaj. Tom Sharpling is a, a regular guest on the show. Wow. Uh, yeah, he's Steven Universe's dad, Greg Universe. He's so funny. I love that character. Oh, such a good show. I mean, Chris, you've met Jeffrey, my partner and husband. I think the reason it was so easy for me to get on with Steven was because he's exactly like Jeffrey. <laughs> he not only looks just like him, but is also that like, hi, I love you. <laughs> I'm here to have fun. Donuts. <laughs> So, uh, it's like, Stephen is like a reductive version of Jeffrey as a kid who never grew up. Okay. But m- much like the Dark Kingdom, they're also all gem and and mineral themed. Like, there's, you know, like in the way that we have Malachite right, right. and Jedite, like, there's also, there's a lot of gems. I would say that the, the gem empire is, like, clearly more effective <laughs> 
the Dark Kingdom. Yeah. Because look, the Dark Kingdom had like one time where they won. They got a lot of <laughs> rainbow crystals. Yeah, but they but they didn't even get a lot of like I mean they got a lot of rainbow crystals now, but they're not even the reason there are rainbow crystals. That's true. Uh, but yeah, if you if you somehow if you're listening to the show and you do not already like Steven Universe, like it's amazing. Um, there is a, a great show, uh, a podcast called Into It uh, that L. Collins hosts. I've been on it talking about uh, Christmas and Santa Claus. Uh, Matt Wilson has been on it talking about Spider-Man. Rachel Edden has been on it talking about X-Men continuity. And uh, just recently they had, uh, or uh, L had Juliet Kahn, who was our first guest on our show, talking about how much she loves Steven Universe. So if you have seen it, go listen to that podcast. If you haven't seen Steven Universe, go watch Steven Universe. It's great. You will, if you like Sailor Moon, you will like Steven Universe. Okay. Well, you sold me. I'll give it a shot. When I come back and I'm like, that was the dumbest thing in the world. You suck. That'll be the end of this show. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be extremely unfortunate. (laughs) Well, let's hope that doesn't happen. Because you will be wrong. (laughs) Yeah, definitely wrong. Also, if anything, the music. uh, I I can't wait for all the music to be released. Oh, the songs are so good. So good. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. The next question is really, really hard, and I don't want to answer it because it's it's so much work. Uh, Jordan, if (laughs) if Marvel suddenly got to do a new Sailor Moon comic, who would you put on the book? Uh, Like, that's so difficult. Uh, So they're talking about, like, who would I cast on the book uh, as a writer and an artist and stuff? And well, that's I mean, so look, difficult. Me and Chad are available. <laughs> <laughs> that would be I mean, pretty would sensible. Be like literally the worst choice. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man! Like, and and the tough part too is like, what? How? Where do you? Where do you come down art-wise? Do you go? Well, I would hire somebody who would draw it in a very manga style, or would you be like, no, it has to look like a, an American comic? I don't know. It's tough. I mean, like, I feel like Amanda Connor would do an amazing Sailor Moon book uh, without it looking particularly anime-ish. That um, would look really cool if you want to. Go the more uh, cutesy route, sort of in between American and manga. Someone like Madeline Flores would be amazing. Hmm. Yeah, that would look really cool. She does uh, uh, help us great warrior, and um, she, uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely recommend looking at her Tumblr if you're not familiar with her art. I, oddly enough. Uh- <laughs> Oddly enough, I don't know if any of the like writers I know that I work with actually like Sailor Moon at all, other than Chris. If only you knew where you could find a bunch of people who liked Sailor Moon. Uh, Maybe uh, just look at who has been on this show. Right, right. right. Um, let's see. Uh, what else we got? Oh, uh, big <laughs> Squirrel Girl says, Bunhead and the Bigfoot sounds like the best new indie band of 2015. With that in mind, what kind of band slash singles would the Sailor Scouts produce? I'm thinking pop all the way. Oh, yeah. Like... But I, mean, I think like I think that uh, Usagi would be very much like like a like trying to think of like a good like a good comparison like a good like pure pop like songs about love like very very saccharine mm-hmm. but like you know dancey Carly Rae Jepsen esque that's perfect that is yeah the I think answer. that's exactly how it would actually come out it would sound like it would sound like uh like all of her music her new album sounds like just the same as that uh Call Me Maybe song so. <laughs> But I feel like if it was like if it was like Mars and like Mercury, like kind of in charge or even or, you know, Venus, too. Like, I feel like you would get something a little more like Taylor Swift, like a little more like 1989. Sure. Yeah. That would like be good. still very pop, still very, you know, well, in pop, the but also like a little a little edge, like a little more edge to it. In the American dub, uh, the song that the song that if I remember correctly, the song that uh, Sailor Mars sings is. She sings Oh Starry Night uh, at her like talent show. Okay, the, the one that we haven't gotten to yet. Yeah, yeah, I know. But you, <laughs> but you own the album and you reference things that happened in the future. Nah. You know what it's like. No, it's I'm really. Just saying, 
I'm saying for the listeners, Jordan, that was for the listener. Uh, and who does the song? Which one of them? I can't remember which one of them does the song that's a total ripoff of the Friends theme song. <laughs> I can't remember. Oh. Now. Um, call my name and I'll be there. Um, anyway, uh, I, yeah, I, I mean, I can't help but immediately imagine the entire American soundtrack when I think of the Sailor Scouts making music. And that is like the cheesiest ripoff pop music in the world. Um, so that's what I think of them. as. I can't like I literally can't get those songs out of my head when we talk about this. Uh, well, I want to hold your hand. <laughs> Oh, so they'd be like the Beatles, is what you're saying. Yeah, they'd be exactly like the Beatles. <laughs> Answer to all your questions is they are exactly like the Beatles. Oh, dude, can you... Yeah, now now I really want to hear that. I really... Uh, yes, they all start out making cheesy pop music, but I want to hear the, like, late Beatles Sailor Moon songs where they, like, get all <laughs> trippy and psychedelic and stuff. <laughs> okay, so of the four that we have now, who's who? Uh, Mars is John, obviously. What? Because John's a jerk. <sighs> Uh, I don't know. If, I mean, no. I don't know that that's this outward persona, though. Like in like in real life, almost all of them are jerks. But <laughs> oh. Paul McCartney is like the puppy dog face of the of the Beatles. Well, that's why I would. Ha- so, I mean, I think by default, I'm going to go with yeah. Mars is going to have to be John Lennon, even though I love John Lennon and I don't love Mars because uh, I'm so like I'm so upset with you right now. <laughs> Because because Sailor Moon is Paul McCartney and Sailor Mercury is George because she's the quiet one and yeah, and that sort of leaves Jupiter as yeah Jupiter can't be Ringo well that's what else can she be she's not a Beetle really she she doesn't fit no like like maybe he's their manager <laughs> she's what uh, what's his name uh, uh Brian Brian Epstein <laughs> no that's Luna though oh yeah Luna has a lot more business. <laughs> right, that, that really falls apart when you get to Jupiter. Yeah, it and doesn't let's, work. let's move on. Let's All move right, on. Let's move on. <laughs> Uh, do you think we're done with questions or should we ask a couple more? Let's do one more. Let's do one more. All right. Well, this one is definitely for you because I don't have nearly as much experience with this as you do, which is what would happen in a Sailor Moon Power Rangers crossover and which Rangers would be featured? Uh, that's interesting because we're going to get that in this week's episode. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yes. <laughs> uh, I would say uh, the easiest the easiest crossover with uh, Sailor Moon would be with uh, Kaizoku Sentai Gokaiger uh, from a couple years years ago a bunch which of, is i have no idea what you're talking about now already uh it's they're pirate themed and they were the 35th anniversary show and so they would basically go around uh their, their power was that they could turn into like their own rangers and like i really love their costumes because they're very piratey themed and they have like little pirate hat shaped helmets they're great uh but they could also turn into all the other rangers oh. throughout the 35 year history of the show nice and so the the plot of the show was that they were going around looking for everyone's ultimate power like they were trying to find the 35 five ultimate powers of each of the the previous super sentai teams so like it is very easy like it's a short hop from that to trying to get the ultimate power of the sailor scouts uh and learning that it is indeed friendship oh which is literally the plot of the uh common writer forza crossover movie that has gokaiger in it so i would say that would be the easiest one as far as the american power rangers that's that's tougher uh i mean like there's time force where they come back from the future which yeah there's there's a connection there there's uh spd which is is good that one kind of you know, involves outer space criminals. 
animals. So there's a, a connection there. But really, they're, you know, most of them are, are high schoolers. And so anytime you could, you just, it's a class trip. It's an exchange student. It's like it's so easy. Like, come on, you guys know about fan fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys yeah. know how easy it is. But we shall see how a uh, bizarre little common Rider Super Sentai crossover happens in this episode, okay. which is a great way to segue. Wait, no, before we segue, I'm sorry. I just need oh. to mention th- th- four more things really quickly because uh, we're done with questions. But I just want to mention, first of all, three pieces of art that we got in. Whoa, uh, one is smart. one is a uh, <laughs> it's a tuxedo mask saying uh, trash pile. I choose you with a pokeball and a Sailor Moon made out of garbage. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> that sounds Gross. basically horrifying <laughs> yeah it's pretty hilarious and and great that's by uh sky Ertl. it's up there in our favorites again if you want to see uh also okay i'm gonna go look at this samuel drew a picture of the amy eating oh this. my god <laughs> are you looking at the trash pile <laughs> oh, that's horrifying <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes. But that is that is actually uh there that there is a Pokemon that looks like that. Its name is Trubbish. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's what that is. It is also terrifying because uh uh he's got it doing her pose with yeah. the fingers. Yeah. Uh, oof, that's scary. Uh Samuel drew a picture of the uh of Amy eating a burger for uh, his brother's uh, birthday card, which is pretty adorable. Adorable. And sent it to oh. us. And then my favorite thing in the world, uh, <laughs> Be- uh barely sushi did a picture of Luna doing the cover of Wolverine number one, popping her claws and going, come, come oh, here. That's awesome. <laughs> it's pretty great. It's pretty I great. I love that. That's really cool. Now, th- now, let me say, Chris, you love that, but just wait, because if you, you've indicated through your, your shock and excitement that you haven't, haven't been looking at our favorites. Uh, let me tell you a secret. Someone linked to us uh, the fact that one of our listeners has been writing on fanfiction.net, Naru's story. <gasps> Really? Yes. Uh, somebody, somebody, uh, let me see. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Crystal Dennis sent sent us a link to it, uh, and as soon as he did, Dominic Bowers Mason uh, wrote, "Going, I, oh no, I was going to wait until I had a few more chapters before I showed them." Uh, <laughs> so yes, Naru's story is in progress on fanfiction.net. We have a link to it. <laughs> I just clicked on it. The first line of the story is, "So what triggered it this time?" The counselor asks, sounding a little more tired than usual. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. Uh, yeah, and it mentions that uh, th- that us at Sailor Business Podcast gave uh, gave him the idea. In fact, so the person who sent it to us in the first place uh, only found out about our podcast from this story, uh, and then uh, came and listened to us because of it. So that's pretty cool too. Oh man, that's that is great. Uh, so we somebody got has reading. also let us know that uh, uh, on from the last episode on Ohara. Oh yes, uh, that her name is actually a pun because on is a shortening of Ankoshoku, which means scarlet or dark red in japanese so <sighs> boy that uh that uh oh and that episode and they let us know that remember the list of names that that amy was uh well they they said Alt, jim bradfield said that she was alta vista ing but you know that she was searching uh, apparently they're all former champion rally drivers so weird so weird <laughs> somebody was a fan and they were like let's just put in all these famous names 
pretty crazy. Oh, and we got another one. Uh, another great explanation about moon pudding. Yes, I, I saw that one as well. Uh, apparently, because, uh, yeah, the Japanese word for pudding is purin. And so when they say purin sesu, she only heard moon purin. Which is weird. They wouldn't just yeah. say uh, hime. Like, they wouldn't say like moon hime, which they, they do on occasion. Yeah, that's weird. You're right. Why are they going they purin sesu? They go a sesu? long way to making that pun. But it's always, it's, it's always weird when they sometimes... Re- I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's always weird when they sometimes just will use words. I mean, they probably have a word for tuxedo, don't they? I don't know. Maybe they don't. I don't know. Anyway. Speaking of the word tuxedo. <laughs> please. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're now that we're roughly three years into this podcast, <laughs> let's start talking about this episode. Uh, once again, it's episode 32, uh, Umino's Resolve, I'll Protect Naru. If you're just joining us, our heroine is Yusagi Tsukino. She's 14 years old. She's a cancer. Her blood type is O. And guess what? She is secretly the pretty guardian who fights for love and justice, Sailor Moon. She has three allies. Uh, Ami Mizuno, the kind-hearted girl genius who is secretly Sailor Mercury. Reihino, the hot-headed psychic who is secretly Sailor Mars. And Makoto Kino, the gigantic, super strong, awesome girl who is secretly Sailor Jupiter. She doesn't have like a like a line <laughs> like those two. She came in a little late. I don't think Venus gets one either. Uh, together, they are the Sailor Scouts or Sailor Senshi. And they are currently trying to track down the Rainbow Crystals. Yeah. Uh, in fact, all of them have been tracked down, right? Yeah, at this point, yep. Yeah, we got the last one last week. All seven are out there. Now, the Rainbow Crystals are seven crystals that form the legendary Silver Crystal, which is something that they have been looking for on and off for the entire show. The problem is that they don't have all the pieces. Uh, some of the pieces belong to Tuxedo Mask, who is looking for them because there is a voice in his head telling him to gather them up. Some of them belong to uh, Zoocyte and Malachite, uh, who are working for Queen Beryl, and they want the crystal to resurrect their boss, Queen Natalia. So that brings you up to speed for right now. And we open with uh, Luna hanging out at the Crown Game Center, uh, where uh Motoki, aka Andrew, works. But it is nighttime, the arcade is closed, and Luna is once again talking to the voice that lives inside of the Sailor V game. Yep. Uh, this is something we've seen before. Uh, she's got the password, the rabbit on the moon pounds rice into mochi, uh, <laughs> which look, we've, we've talked about that already. And mm-hmm. there's, a, uh, there's a voice in the game that is talking to her, asking her questions that she's reporting to. This is going to turn out to be Artemis. Oh, spoiler. Did you know that I just realized that uh, Artemis is the goddess of the moon and that's why Artemis is named Artemis? Did you know I just realized that? No, (laughs) no. Yeah, I had no, like, I had never made that connection before until just now. And oddly enough, totally a girl name, but he's a boy cat. Yeah. Yeah. Watch watch a lot of Wild Wild West. Jim West. (laughs) Desperado. Yeah. Rough Rider. (laughs) No, you don't want nada. None of this. Okay. By the run of this. (laughs) Great. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> I can't go on or we'll have to pay. So, so um, the voice in the in the machine, the, the voice in the machine, the cat in the machine tells her <laughs> the cat voice, the talking cat from outer space that lives in an arcade game. Yeah, he, he says to her, he basically gives her the idea. She has to tell them what's up. She has to tell the Sailor Scouts. I don't know the truth. Sure. Yeah, it's the well, truth. There's, there's information. Luna holds back a lot. Yeah, that's Luna what we holds learned. back a lot all the time she has you know who knows what she has in her butt (laughs) she has been holding back information and transformation pens crystals and all kinds of stuff she still got so oh i was gonna say she still got has one transformation pen up her butt but she doesn't because she didn't no she doesn't right yeah that one was up artemis's butt (laughs) 
I guess. I don't know. I don't have my. I, I had my copy of Codename Sailor V out here. I don't know if uh, Artemis does a backflip or, or not to give his transformation <laughs> pin to Venus. Uh, so Luna calls a meeting at the Hikawa Shrine, and we see all the scouts late at night hanging out at the shrine, looking super cute, tired, uh, yawning. Well, one of them looks tired. <laughs> Well, that's true. Usagi looks tired. She's not getting her lovely 12. But uh, <laughs> 12 hours of sleep? Is that yeah. a thing? How much do you sleep? Uh, I try do to sleep. Do you get less than 12 hours? I try to oh, sleep Jordan. like six or seven if I can help it. Oh, Jordan. Jordan, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> Accomplishing things? Also, it's sort of weird because uh, Luna obviously called this this mission, uh, this meeting, uh, and they're all sitting around waiting, and then Luna comes trotting in from the roof. So again, I feel like she was just making them wait, right? It's she was a power just like, move. yeah, this is dramatic. I'm gonna ha- wait until they're bored and they're all here, and then I'll come out and say this. So let's. I want to talk about the clothes for a second, okay? Uh, because again, that is something that I always like because the, you know, they have wardrobes on the show, except which Ray. is cool. Except, well, Ray is wearing her Miko yeah. outfit, her, her shrine maiden outfit. Jupiter is wearing a different pair of pleated khakis than we have seen her in before. Rolled with up a different green top. Uh, rolled up at the bottom. Uh, she she, again, I, I, I accept on this show, it's, it's funny when I think about it, how I just accept how high their waists are when I watch this show. But if I actually think about it, I'm like, oh my God, like how, where are they wearing those clothes? They, they, they're so high up, <laughs> right? Yeah, they are, they are mostly leg and head. <laughs> yeah. Like they're, yeah, they, if, if I was to put, uh, yeah, okay. It's very high up. Her pants go up way too high. <laughs> They're going up uh, past her elbows. Usagi has on uh, some yellow capris and like an oversized like red sweatshirt kind of thing. Amy, adorable. Just <laughs> so cute. Uh, pink shirt, uh, blue skirt, like a little Colonel Sanders string tie and like a members only coat. And oddly enough, really works for her. And again, her skirt up past her elbows. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it is. I'm not kidding. I'm looking at a, a screenshot. Yeah, they are up past their elbows. There is where they put their waists. <laughs> so, uh, wow. If you look at, yeah, if you look at Makoto, it is, her elbows are just below her waist. <laughs> Uh, so Luna drops down and says, hey, uh, there's something I got to tell you. Uh, there's a moon princess. No, first, that's not uh, the first thing she says, is it? The, the first thing she says is, I was sent here from the moon. Yes. Uh, the first thing she says is, I'm a yakety yak cat from outer space. <laughs> not the exact <laughs> phrasing, but okay. Yeah, and, but she does uh, say she was sent here from the moon, which is sort of a, I think that's... <sighs> I mean, is that true? It's a weird way to say it, right? I mean, it, it is. It is, right? Like, she, like, look. Because that makes it sound oh, like there's a kingdom on the moon now, and they sent me. Well, no. There... Okay, Amanda, how well do you know the history of Sailor Moon? I, I, I don't really remember exactly the semantics of, <laughs> of the moon. Uh, but, I mean, she, she's, yeah, she's basically sent from the moon. That's how I think of it. There right. was a kingdom on the moon <laughs> that had a moon princess and this a moon This is a song queen. from Les Mis, right? This, I believe, <laughs> this is where uh, you start to find out about how Queen Beryl... Uh, remember we talked about the, the Tia Brouch video, which... Uh, I love genuinely and unironically. I think it's amazing. Uh, but there's a bit in it where she keeps referring to her lunar mother, which is such a weird phrase. Right. It's, it, it's like one of those phrases that is completely accurate and there is no other way to describe that, but it's so weird. Uh, this is where you start to find out about Queen Beryl killing Usagi's mom. Not her mom that we've seen, but her mom, Queen Serenity, who used to live on the moon, who also is responsible for there being seven rainbow crystals because she split up the crystal to seal away the monsters and who also sent the scouts 
to Earth to be reborn, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Because Luna is there to awaken each of the scouts. Uh, so she was sent there from the moon. My question is when? When did all of this happen? That was thousands of years ago, right? Okay. So have have Sailor Moon and Sailor Mercury, of all the scouts and everything, have they just been like, if this was thousands of years ago, right? Is there a <laughs> Sailor Moon who like was reincarnated as some weird meatball head in ancient times, lived and died and never like, you know, was never Sailor Moon because there was no cat around to wake her up. What you have just done is made so many spinoffs for this series. <laughs> like, is there like, I sa- love like- that. I want to, wa- I want to watch like, you know, 1940 Sailor Moon and like, you know, 1800 Sailor Moon and all of these things. It'll be great. Well, the reason I was thinking about this is because I was thinking about the monsters, right? And we've talked about how the monsters mm-hmm. all seem to have, you know, the monsters were not sealed away 14 years ago, you know, uh, grand, you know, grandpa was a monster. Grandpa's right. at least in his sixties. Right. He's old enough to have shrunk down to being two feet tall, <laughs> right. which, you know, happens <laughs> to old people. So my question is like, okay, we're like, if everybody was reincarnated at the same time, they're not going to, you know, and nothing was around to wake them up because the crystals aren't going to activate and turn them into monsters until zoocyte shows up. Right. So was there just like a time when everybody was reincarnated at the same time and they just had different lifespans, which well, explains. Like, yeah, that makes that makes more sense than them just being re- reincarnated now. But why are they? Why is this time the time that they're coming back? And where has Beryl been all this time? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, and did Luna I, uh, get reincarnated? So was like Luna, in the same way that like Sailor Moon was born from two people. Was Luna born from two cats? And then was like, oh god, but I'm not a real cat. No, I feel like Luna has actually been Artemis, waiting thousands of years. Weren't they asleep? Like, don't is that we a thing? Okay, see maybe. that at some point. Don't we see that they were like put into stasis? That's possible. Amanda, does any of this make sense? Yeah, most of what you're saying makes sense. I I thought they were I thought they were like in stasis. Okay, that's what I like. I I kind of remember something to that effect. But yeah, I forget like how I I love the idea of uh, all of these different timelines. I wish that was possible. <laughs> right? Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, it would be really cool to see, you know, the, the, the Sailor Scouts be, you know, woken up in Samurai days or, or in, you know, <laughs> in, like you said, like, like the 1940s or the, like the Old West. Like, or like, a, oh yeah, like Knights in Armor Sailor Moon. That'd be great. Because, you know, Luna says, I was sent here to to wake you up. I was sent here to revive you. Uh, implying that, like, if Usagi had not, if Usagi had not found Luna, if Luna had not found Usagi, that she would just keep being Usagi Tsukino for the rest of her life. Um, I've just decided that the Knights of the Round Table were the Sailor Scouts. Sure, why not? <laughs> Reincarnating. Because <laughs> yeah, there's 12 planets. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's like an infinite number of scouts as we like we'll learn later okay fair enough. not infinite but there's like a zillion there's as many scouts as there need to be basically <laughs> so uh they're also looking for the moon princess because there's a moon princess who carries the royal bloodline of the ruling house of the moon <laughs> which right is uh complicated <laughs> and also you would think that the moon would have democracy that's all i'm saying nope <laughs> why would you think that I, I mean because you know i think it's a generally preferable system of government it's but it's called the moon kingdom oh i know i know what it's called jordan <laughs> they don't call it the moon union i i would just prefer <laughs> the moon constitutional monarchy <laughs> i'm just saying i don't want Rini in charge <laughs> <laughs> She'll be Dark Lady by then. 
Even better. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, Luna says the girls need to protect the princess, but much like they, you know, Luna has mentioned earlier in the show, they don't know who the moon princess is, which is weird because Bunny Moon, uh, aka Sailor Moon, who looks just like the moon princess, <laughs> has the same hair as the moon princess. And, well, I, I guess I guess in, uh, in Japanese, she does not have the name Serena. Right, so, right. Uh, but yeah, she's standing right there. <laughs> Uh, and she and, spoil it for anyone. And she, of course, asks, Wow, if you're from the moon, can you tell me, is there actually a rabbit that bounced mochi on the moon? <laughs> yeah, because, you know, in, in the East, in Asia, uh, instead of the man on the moon, they have a rabbit on the moon. Uh, which is weird that rabbit, that Yusagi, which means a rabbit, <laughs> is asking that. No, and nobody uh, picks up on it. Nobody uh, picks up I on mean, it. it's like her asking if it's made of cheese. Yeah, but if her name was Cheese Moon Princess. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they should have called her in the dub. <laughs> what I have said, that would have been great. God, what I'm saying is there are a lot of clues pointing to. Um, I also like the, the thing I like about this scene is where when, when Luna first starts telling them and, and uh, Luna's like, I'm from the moon. And Jupiter's like, that doesn't seem very likely. <laughs> and then Amy's like, but it's Luna. So I believe her. Yeah. And Luna's like, thank She's you. Like, <laughs> It's really hard to believe. Like, oh, is this hard to believe coming from your talking cat that helps you fight <laughs> monsters? Right, exact. So uh, cut, to cut to what I call uh, Kunzite's creepy castle with, with all K's, of course. <laughs> yeah. Maybe don't write that down. <laughs> Where he's got his. Uh, so they've got what? Four of the crystals there? Yeah, they have the uh, green crystal, the red crystal, and I believe blue and indigo. And this is the, this is just another of these scenes where you see what an awful relationship they have. Oh, it's terrible. I love it. Like, I love how I love how awful their relationship is. It really is horrible. Like, because Kun's like, just like is so bad. Yeah, he just he clearly doesn't like it's so it seems pretty obvious. He doesn't give a crap about her. Him. Him. Sorry. Ooh, can't help it. <laughs> can't help it. Yeah, it's like it's the last two episodes like uh zoocyte was very much a comedy character in the last episode yeah uh you know at one point enveloped in a tornado of sewer rats <laughs> he, got, he got control of them so it worked out yes yes <laughs> uh but between that episode and this episode it really makes you kind of sympathize with zoocyte which i really like like he becomes you know through haplessness and then through seeing uh his relationship with uh kunzite you like you really you're like oh like zoocyte is getting the shit end of the stick a lot in this show. That being said, Zoisite is also mental. because oh, Zoisite's completely evil. Well, I don't even just mean evil. I mean, well, because first of all, he's bananas over Kunzite. And so, like, fawning over him in every possible way. Oh, and he and Kunzite's like, yeah, we gotta get these. And, and Zoisite's like, yeah, 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 I'll get him, I'll get him, I'll get him. And then Kunzite's like, <laughs> Kunzite just goes, I can't wait to see Queen Beryl's face when we show Queen Beryl that we got all the crystals. And Zoisite's like, oh, I'm so jealous. Because he wants to see the face of Queen Beryl being happy. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Zoocyte is evil and bonkers and jealous and, like, not a good person at all. But I do feel like you you kind of develop sure. a little sympathy. Sure. For, oh, no, no. Totally. For Zoocyte. Uh, so from there, like, again, we're about two minutes into the episode. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, here comes the actual plot. Umino, as we know, has a uh, big crush on Naru. Uh, and we thought that they were just going to go ahead and hook up after uh, he rescued her from Bakshi a few episodes ago. Uh, like, the that's the first Rainbow Crystal episode, right? Uh, yeah. So seven episodes ago. No, uh, wait, it wasn't the first, was it? Ah, oh, it doesn't matter. It was one of the first. I think it, I think, wasn't Bakshi the first? Mm. 
Maybe no, not. no, it wasn't. It wasn't because there was an episode. Uh, of, there was an episode in between that didn't have Molly in it, uh, okay. and I forget. Okay. Uh, I forget which monster it was. So, oh, it was. It was. It was, uh, it was Crane. Crane Machine Joe. Oh, that's right. Crane Game. Joe the Crane Game Troll. Yes, right. <laughs> oh, that guy. He was the first one. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's right. Because because that's Jupiter's yes, first, episode, first episode, isn't it? Yeah. So okay. So still, you know, a, a few weeks ago, uh, and now Naru and uh, Umino are eating lunch together. Naru is uh, completely abusing uh, Umino's crush on her by yeah. stealing his okay. shrimp, his fried shrimp. Yeah, the classic taken with whole. Oh, can I have a shrimp, please? And she, oh, it's so sad. She wants to trade shrimp for her green pepper, and that is a bad trade. That yeah. is a bad lunch trade. That's, yeah. that's a garbage trade. He's not going to eat that green pepper. He's going to pretend to like it. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> So sad. I really feel Kumio. I do. Like, I feel for him because of this. Uh, Isagi pops up from behind the bench. Like, because everyone in this school can magically teleport into romantic situations and interrupt them when they need to. They just like, there are are portals behind every tree. (laughs) Well, she's she's using Umino's creep uh, technology (laughs) that he would usually use to (laughs) pop up from creepy places. Uh, so there you go. And she's and so you saw you pops up and she's like, "Ooh, you guys are having lunch together. Are you going out?" And there was like, "No, no, we are not going out. We are just friends. We are definitely not going out at all." He, I do not like him. He is not my type. In fact, I hate him. Uh, it's so mean. So Yusagi takes him aside and goes, "Listen, I know you want to go out with her. What you need to do is become cool." Because you're super not cool. Uh, now we've talked about the uh, the new dub a little bit, uh, which I really like. But there's a in this part of the new dub, um, Isagi's like, "Oh, you need to be a cool guy," and she says it like that, and then he's cool like, guy. "Oh, a cool guy." <laughs> like they say it like it is a single word, a thing. Cool yeah, guy. you know, a cool guy. Yeah, you know, a cool guy. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I would have thought they were talking about a cool guy, but I guess I was wrong. Yeah. You need to be a cool guy. No, you need to be a cool guy. <laughs> Well, because he's already a guy, he just needs to be a cool guy. Be a cool guy, yeah, cool guy. And so he's like, say it until it loses all meaning. So he's like a cool guy, and she goes, yeah, like Tuxedo Mask, who suddenly everyone knows apparently, because he's like, yeah, yeah, I know Tuxedo Mask. I get you. I'm on your wavelength. I know what you're talking about. Well, Naru has seen Tuxedo Mask. A couple of them have. I mean, I guess. Wait, didn't Tuxedo Mask? He sent letters to all the girls in school. (laughs) That is true. I don't know if they got about that photographs. Uh, I'm assuming they weren't. Uh, and so so Melvin, Melvin, Melvin Umino, whatever you want to call him, goes, okay, so if I become Tuxedo Mask, she'll date me. And he's like, wait, no, don't, don't I mean, you can't become Tuxedo Mask. And he's like, yeah, I can. <laughs> sure. It's yeah. easy. Look. Oh, so literal. <laughs> tuxedo Mask, that's two nouns. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Those are except two nouns that you can purchase. Well, spoiler, he's going to leave one of them out. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does. Which is hilarious. He doesn't even go as far with it as Nephrite did. Nope. Like, Nephrite might have had the wrong color mask, but at least he had one. Because, well, how is Umino going to wear a mask over those giant glasses? I know. And if he dares take them off, he'd be a hunk, and that's not going to work. So, yeah, obviously. <laughs> so the girls are walking home, uh, and a dog barks at them. <laughs> A poodle. A poodle barks at them. (laughs) 
and outruns Tuxedo Melvin. Uh, decked well, he's, out. He's following them home. Oh too, yeah, which he's is, creepy following them as always. And it feels like it's that day. Oh totally. Which means he like left school at lunch, went and bought or rented a tuxedo, a complete ma- with a, a magician hat. costume. Yes, right. Cape, <laughs> right. white t- white bow tie. Um, it has. He has formal gloves. <laughs> on this thing uh, and then is like creepily following uh naru and isagi on their walk home and like hiding behind things when they turn around well like i said i think most of the, the only difference is the tuxedo like, that's the only difference between this and a normal day <laughs> <laughs> and sadly i feel like you're right yeah. um he also runs out with like a squeaky mallet <laughs> Um, and threat- and another sign he went to a magic shop. He's gonna, he's gonna, he threatens to hit this dog with a mallet. <laughs> Do you think they threw that in? The, the dog? Do you think that he was like, hey, I need to rent a tuxedo? And they're like, well, if you buy the tuxedo, <laughs> we'll give is, you a mallet? Uh, $3,000. <laughs> we'll give you a bag of squeaky toys. <laughs> we will also give you a squeaky mallet. Um, I mean, now the woman who owns the dog, rightly so, takes the mallet from him and smashes his hat with it because you don't threaten to beat people's dogs out in public for barking, right? He's a crazy person. There you go. Uh, look, I don't think anybody's in the right in this situation. <laughs> First of all, this is a this is a tiny little poodle that this woman is having trouble holding on its leash. It is it is small enough to fit in her purse. She can pick up this dog, and she is holding it back like it is. A, like a horse trying to go after uh, Usagi and Naru. Also, why is this dog barking at Usagi and Naru so much? Because it's second a, of all, because it's a it's dog. a squeaky mallet. It's not gonna like. I don't know how the mallet damages his hat as much as it does. Um. So they're like, like look, I. I am not advocating hitting dogs with a mallet, good, by the way. Good, because it sounds kind of like you might be. I, look, I know I'm not a pet person, but I'm also not a monster. <laughs> Um, I'm just saying, like, if you bop, if you bop something with a squeaky mallet, it's not going to hurt. Because <laughs> it'll just go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? Try it. <laughs> Get a squeaky mallet. Walk around and bop things with it. See how it turns out. And remember to blame Jordan D. White. No, no. I was talking to you. I meant you do it. <laughs> I want you to report back on this. <laughs> so anyway, look, they're like, Umino, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm not Umino. <laughs> I'm Tuxedo Umino Mask. Even though I have no mask, I've decided to keep that in my title. Uh, as opposed to in the other show where he says he's Tuxedo Melvin, works better. You see? Better. It actually does work better. It's it's alliterative. It doesn't have... Also, uh, I guess he says Tuxedo Umino Kamen. Yeah. Uh, in Japanese. And in English, he says Tuxedo Umino Mask, which is that is a mouthful. Yeah. Yeah, that's too much. Wait, wait. Does that mean Kamen Rider's name is Masked Rider? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Why did you think, why did you think he was called Masked Rider in America? I didn't know that he was called that i've never watched that show either okay, yeah yeah common writer is a uh, master writer oh okay great so turns out like, the uh, japanese word for writer is writer see again <laughs> i don't know if i believe that like i'm sure they have a name for sailors as well yeah you're probably right <laughs> yeah and they so, definitely have a word for moon they just decide not to use it in the <laughs> title of the show <laughs> Anyway, so uh, Tuxedo Umino Mask fights for love and justice, uh, at which point I'm sure Sailor Moon is like, excuse me? Um, (laughs) Taking my gig. So then they walk to the game center and they're going, hey, should we play some video games? Tuxedo Umino Mask tries to save them from themselves by going, you're not allowed. You you don't want to play video games. It's a waste of your time and it's a waste of your allowance. And then he does the dumbest thing in the world because... (laughs) 
<laughs> he says, you know, if you want to go in there, you have to go through me. But instead of barring their path with his whole self, he goes and lies down on the ground. Like, you'll have to walk on me to get in there. And they're like, okay. <laughs> and they walk on him. <laughs> like, that seems like a dumb idea no matter what. Yeah, in the, uh, in the dub, he refers to it as, you'll have to go in over my living body, which I think is really hilarious. <laughs> what? Uh, the other part of this is that uh, Umino is already in the Crown Game Center when oh, yeah. they show up. He is inside the building, which means probably because he creepily follows them home from school every day, he knows where they're going. Oh yes, <laughs> he knows what their next stop is going to be. Uh, but yeah, these shots of these shots of Usagi and Naru just stomping on his spine are pretty great. <laughs> uh, and he says, "Tuxedo Umino mask may die, but justice will live on." <laughs> I mean, what that's what's great about it is, like, if there was somewhere they didn't want to go, they probably would have done it. Just to be like, let's let's walk on Melvin. This would be great. Uh, oddly enough, I still think he's doing a better job than uh, Memoru does. At being Tuxedo Mask? Or... Yes. Ah, yes. No. He's failed so far at both things he's attempted. Tuxedo Mask wins a lot. Uh, with help. With help. Uh, anyway. So, Motoki shows up, and he's like... <laughs> He's like, hey, Usagi, uh, I have uh, two tickets to a show and I can't, or two no, tickets to a show. That's it. Do you yeah. want to go? And Usagi's like, oh my God, he's asking me out. It's happening. We're going to get married. <laughs> like she always assumed. It's like, yeah, it's two tickets to our wedding. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you're, uh, you're up for it. <laughs> clearly uh, still trying to break him up with his uh, entomologist uh, girlfriend. She's so far away. Oh, I know. I know she's so far away. Uh, and then it turns out that they are not tickets to a movie that he wants to take her to. He has two tickets to The Red Man Show. Which... Okay. And I was like, I cannot watch this show without, like, hoping slash thinking that he is talking about uh, oh, Tang Clan affiliate. Yeah. <laughs> and then, Man. like, that man shows up. I, that's what I was hoping to. It's against my better... But it, the answer is even stranger than that. Because the show that he's yeah. talking about is a live show in an amusement park. So that's kind of like going, I've got two tickets to the Beauty and the Beast live down at, you know, Disney World. <laughs> you have to get in. You'll have to pay your own admission to Disney World. But then you've got... And not to mention, when we actually get to the show, it's people standing around a stage with no walls or fences. Yeah, it's or more like... <laughs> Yeah, it's more like I got tick I kind of tickets to the Waterworld live stage show at Universal. <laughs> right, <Studio>. right. <laughs> it's like, what? why would anybody want to go there just for that? Well, look, look. Or it's like he know. bought tickets to the amusement park and he just thinks of it as that's the only thing I would have done if I was going. <laughs> you know <laughs> that that and watch bad dance fighting. <laughs> that amusement park is definitely letting people in for free to try and get people to come back to that amusement park after. The they were all put into comas by a creepy doll monster. Oh, okay. Right. It's the same Two one. Months ago. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it is. Look, how many how many amusement parks do you think one the the Juban district can right. support? So so they let people in for free, and then Even if you're if standing getting, near uh, a stage, if you're standing near a stage, they go, Hey, let me see your tickets to stand near this stage. I'm sorry, you're gonna have to go back five like feet. <laughs> Solid business. Terrible. It's a terrible. So anyway, uh, it's the yes, it's the Red Man show at the amusement park. He and and he's like, I'm too old for it because it's a dumb childish thing. And then and then he and they're like, what? And then he's he's like, oh, you're probably too old for it too. And Molly's like, yeah. <laughs> and then Serena takes the tickets anyway. 
Because she wants them to go on a date. Exactly. And also she probably wants to go see Red Men. <laughs> <laughs> but did she uh, need a third ticket? Back in the Dark Kingdom, uh, Zoocyte gets a new power. Uh, Zoocyte has made a new crystal that can just turn any human being into a monster. I think she's modified the dark crystal. I think that's still the dark crystal. Yeah, but but she does refer to it as a new power. Yeah, definitely a new power. Oh, and I, I wrote that down. refers to it as a new power. I wrote that me. down because that is the most, it was like the most blatant that I've ever heard that line. Uh, that idea, come forth, new power, which is like, that's a thing that happens on these kind of shows all the time. Well, I didn't use this power before. Well, it's a new power I just got. But so I'd say literally is like, come forth, new power. It's also such like, it is such a, such a bare faced, uh, this is a plot point thing. Yeah. When you're watching, when you're watching GI Joe or, or like masters of the universe or transformers and they come very close to, but don't actually say, look at this new place. at." (laughs) <laughs> Check out these new figures and toys. Uh, uh, I also, also love. See, oh, go ahead. You first. We're going to talk about the photo. Yes, I was. <laughs> oh, this, yes. Okay. Zoocyte has a framed photo of uh, him and uh, Kunzite, and it's the best. Yeah, it's pretty epic. The, the, this frame it, is so ridiculously cool. Uh, <laughs> The frame is a weird pentagon. <laughs> yeah, for, but like not even like again, not uh, not even like an even pentagon. It's like it's this weird, uh, yeah, weird shape for a frame, uh, and it has a star of David on it. <laughs> yeah, you know, because one of them is Jewish, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> there's 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 one. There's too many points. There's too many points. No, I guess there's no. That's the star of David. It is a star of David. It's a, it's it's turned a little bit. Instead of one of the po- instead of the points going up and down, it's turned so that the points go side to side. Anyway. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but it's weird. It's all. It's just the weirdest frame in the world. I kind of want one. And then the picture is the best because it's Kunzite and Zoosite standing in front of a pink background. You know, at the prom. <laughs> It's like, it's such a, it is like Dark Kingdom picture day and they're in their uniforms and it's, it's like a picture of a celebrity and a fan at Dragon Con. Yes, you're right. <laughs> it is exactly that picture, except like, like Kunzite is kind of like almost like hover handing Zoosite, right. like just kind of standing very tall, like with his arm around Zoosite, like kind of casually. And Zoosite is like, like hunched over, grabbing onto him like Gollum. <laughs> Yeah, his left hand is like clutching his chest. <laughs> it's, it's so, so weird. weird. It's so the weird. best. It's the best. <laughs> I love like I love this picture because it is like everything you need to know about them. <laughs> right. Yeah. That that this picture exists. That Zoosite keeps it in his crystal making chamber. <laughs> Also, I want I want to know the situation that resulted in that picture. Like, I don't want to know about Dark Kingdom Picture Day. <laughs> I mean, you that's, know, that's another, insisted. Add that to the list of fan fiction. Dark Kingdom Picture Day, where, where where Teddy's is going. Come on, come on, Jedi, take a picture. And he's like, forget it. Pictures are for fools. <laughs> No, but he is like, that's probably when he was like, hang on, people like spend a lot of energy on getting pictures. <laughs> Photo monster. <laughs> so ridiculous and wonderful and ridiculous. I want like I want the Dark Kingdom yearbook. I want like 
I want to know all the clubs in the Dark Kingdom. So Zoosite decides to go to Jewelry Store OSP because why wouldn't you? Well, because... <laughs> would just go harass Naru. Right, exactly. It's just, I mean, Zoosite is, in this respect, not completely dumb because Zoosite is going, I've fought these good guys over this Molly girl a lot. Let's let's turn her into a monster and then they'll come and, and I'll steal their, uh, their rainbow crystals. Then what is probably a routine of the episode... <laughs> So Zoysite shows up going, I'm going to turn Naru into a monster. Sees Tuxedo Melvin standing outside of Naru's door like a creep, <laughs> like a creepy creeper, and goes, oh, Tuxedo Mask is here. Out of respect for you, I will leave. <laughs> because like basically he's like, if Tuxedo Mask is so awesome that he could figure out I was going to do this before I did it, I'm going to give it to him. He wins. I'll come back tomorrow when he's not around, <laughs> which is pretty ridiculous. But <laughs> What are you gonna do? Yeah, like, and I, but uh, why is Umino standing outside of Nara's bedroom in the middle of the night because dressed in a tuxedo? He's a creeper. It's not outside of her bedroom. It's outside of her apartment. I think the whole apartment. That's that's my interpretation. It's uh, well, like the store is closed. He should not be there. There is no, no acceptable yeah. situation for him to be there. Absolutely not. And he sees uh, Zoisite disappear and freaks out. Uh, understandably, I I have not seen a lot of people teleport in my time but I feel like I would freak out if I saw it. <laughs> um, no, but see, you can tell it's outside the apartment because she does have a chain on the door when she opens it up to be like, what the hell are you doing here, you freak? <laughs> Which I'm assuming she doesn't have in on her bedroom door, but maybe. I do like that Zoosite sees Umino and then doesn't go, why is there a child here dressed like Tuxedo Mask? No, that's just Tuxedo Mask to her. Him, him, her. Damn it. Why... <laughs> You're having a real hard time with it. You're out of practice. It's been too long. So Naru comes out. uh, She is wearing, we have seen this outfit before. But it's pretty She is wearing her her cute uh, orange and green outfit. And she goes, look, do you not know how late it is? You should not be here. He's like, oh, well, we didn't decide what time to meet tomorrow. (laughs) She goes... (laughs) She goes, she just slams the door and and then like he's like yelling at her from across the door and he's like, nine, ten, eleven, noon? And she's just like, noon, fine. This is not good behavior. No. Mino should not be rewarded for this behavior. No. He, he's he's so he's so broken and he doesn't know how human beings behave. That's just the fact. Um but he he's does trying. say that he's going to make uh lots of her favorite fried shrimp, which means right. he is paying attention to her favorite foods, which is nice, but does not make up for him being a complete creep. He no, he's good at paying attention. You know that, because again, he probably has made a Naru dating simulator about right. everything she likes. Yeah, he has her on file. <laughs> He's so, earned so many love points in this dating sim. <laughs> like, why don't you love me in real life? I keep, I keep making digital fried shrimp. <laughs> so the next day, Usagi is at the uh, amusement park. Uh, now, I, again, I guess she paid her own way in because, again, there was only two tickets. But it's important to her to spy on her friends on their date instead of doing sailor business because uh, Luna is there going, uh, remember we were going to look for a princess? And she's like, no, I have a date to spy on. I'm worried uh, yeah, about says, her love life. She says, as a sensitive young woman, I'm worried about my best friend's love life. And Luna's like, yeah, well, as a sensitive guardian from the moon, I'm worried about you not taking shit seriously. Yes. <laughs> Which is... Uh... So, th- I mean, this is this is the episode where, again, Yusagi is taking the place of Melvin as the creeper. Like... <laughs> Yusagi really shouldn't be spying on their date. I mean, I know she's doing it out of the best intentions, but that's not what you do. You don't follow your friends on a date. She's really micromanaging best friend's love life. It's sweet, but I would be super annoyed. Uh, You'll be happy to know what... (laughs) 
what Red Man's patented attack is. <laughs> it is the Red Man leg attack, where he yeah, you know, kicks someone. Pretty some inventive. people would call that a kick. <laughs> Now, uh, as I said before, this is uh, a sort of uh, pastiche or parody of uh, Kamen Rider and Super Sentai. And I know that in Japan, like, they, they do it in amusement parks, but they will also have, like, live shows for Kamen Rider or, or Sentai that tour, like, malls. Really? Like, yeah, yeah, and you can, like, go to the mall that day and, like, you know, see them. And I think that's really cool. Like, I've seen a couple of them. You know, sometimes people will record them and put them up sure. on YouTube, and you can go watch them. And they're, they're usually really interesting. And the cool thing is, I've, I've talked to Caleb Golner about this a lot, because we're both big Tokusatsu fans. Like, the genius of Tokusatsu as it works today is, A, all the weapons they use on the shows look like cheap toys. So when you get the cheap toy, it looks exactly like the weapon that's on TV. <laughs> which is great. Yep. Like, that's, that's genius. Like, if the... If the thing they're using on TV looks like a Nerf gun and you can go buy that exact thing. It's great. Uh, the second thing is because they're suits and because the suits cover the entire person, there is like a realism to that that I don't think you get in anything else. Like, you know, we, we, we all go to cons. Like we see cosplayers and we see cosplayers who look amazing and they're cosplayers who like, I have seen people who look like they have stepped out of the comics and that's awesome. Uh, and, you know, we, we've got movies uh, and, and, you know, Christopher Reeve is great as Superman, but he also doesn't look exactly like Kurt Swan's Superman or like Wayne Boring's Superman. Like they didn't really start drawing Superman to look like Christopher Reeve until after those movies. Yeah. The thing with the thing with Tokusatsu and Kamen Rider and Super Sentai is like because they're suits and they just use the suits, like you go to the mall and there's Kamen Rider. Like <laughs> there he is. Yeah. He looks exactly right. Yeah. Uh, which I think is something that you get out of live action superheroic shows like, you know, in a big, you know, little franchise you know the multiple franchise and, and the big little industry like they have in japan i think that's really cool and, and so that is kind of what uh what isagi and umino and naru have brought themselves to is this weird little what is his name monster fighter red man yeah yes. uh live action stunt show like I, I feel like that is kind of a cool thing that you know has very little to do with what happens in this episode but it's a cool thing that those exist because he is you know a guy in a suit fighting a guy in a suit and they look exactly like the guys on the suits on tv yep <laughs> I wonder if there's a Monster Fighter Red Man cosplay because that's a that's a good Sailor Moon. I think uh, you should do it. Cosplay. I think you should do it. Okay, only if you get your Dark Kingdom military uniform. <laughs> oh, I really want to. <laughs> oh. Um, speaking of Dark Kingdom military uniform, I cannot tell you how happy I am that we see Zoisite spying on Molly, riding the carousel. It is pretty amazing. <laughs> and Zoisite is like. I mean, I'm at an amusement park. <laughs> I might as well ride the carousel. It'll have a little... Gotta blend in. <laughs> yeah. Gotta blend in. <laughs> so I did it in my military uniform. Uh, yeah, wearing your typical uniform, just on the carousel, bopping up and down on a, uh, a white, a little white horse. Pretty awesome. Yeah, another animation cell I would love to have. And and Luna, not only that, Luna sees it. Luna sees Zoisite riding the carousel. like, um, Just before she shoots off the dark crystal into... Okay, my E... Damn it. <laughs> Again, let me emphasize that this is not some weird I think that gay men are women thing. <laughs> this is because the Deke show made Zoisite a woman and that's the one that is ingrained in my head. I apologize. Right. So he sh he shoots the crystal at Molly. Molly does one of those coincidental lucky ducks where she just goes, oh, I dropped this thing. And it goes right past her into Red Man and Red Man becomes a giant monster who yeah. is fighting another giant monster. Pretty great. A giant red monster. Shocking. 
Um, who's okay now again <laughs> we we one of the things we love about this show is that we don't know anything about Japan and we don't understand why these things happen because and so we, they end up with these powers that are so bizarre red man right. turns into a monster who throws giant algae balls at people <laughs> It's yeah, everyone gets trapped in these big algae balls. What? Why? <laughs> I'm so confused. It's Marimo algae that he says is from Lake Akan, which uh, later prompts uh, Sailor Moon to say that uh, the Hokkaido Board of Tourism will have something to say about this. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I think I figured it out. Oh, let's hear it. Um... Uh, and this is, again, this could be completely wrong. Everything I know about Japan comes from Sailor Moon, Tokusatsu, and pro wrestling. So <laughs> heads up on that. Uh, but the, the Japanese word for red is Aka. Like... Like okay. the Red Ranger, like th- there's a there's a Red Ranger uh, in the Gokaiju that I was talking about earlier, whose name is Aka Red, okay. which means Red Red. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> because he's the spirit of all Red Rangers. So I think it's because it's Lake Akan. Okay. I think it's a parody. Like he turns into a, I think Akan is his monster name because yes. he's, because he's Red Man. So he, I, I think that is the bizarre connection. That is, um, again, the most weird pun based power in the world. I mean, again, because it's one thing to make a pun, but it's the pun also leads to the power is so strange. This is a universe run by puns. It really is. Like, all of the Dark Kingdom is, like, their strategy is 100% pun based. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's like how in Harry Potter world, whatever your name is determines what's going to happen in your life. Right. The same thing is like, yeah, whatever the monster's name is, it's going to be some weird pun is the power. So weird. So yeah, algae balls throws them directly <laughs> into the face of a bunch of children, which is, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to awesome. Hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty great. Also, I like that Zoicite uh, was very quick to admit that he screwed up. It was admirable. He was like, oh, shit. Now, on some, oh, go ahead. on some level, I do wonder if they're trying to, uh, uh, if they're trying to recapture the charm of the tennis balls because everybody does get engulfed in balls, kind of like the tennis ball scene. Uh, but it, it's not as cute as the tennis balls. No, of course not. Cause it's not like Sailor Moon is not stuck in one. Although it is, it is pretty great when the other guy who's on the stage show, who's the monster, yeah. uh, kind of like rolls by. <laughs> Like stuck in his giant algae ball. Uh, I do think like it's pretty great. It is no tennis ball. It is no Sailor Moon as a tennis ball. But what what is? So everybody's rolling around in these algae balls. And good news, everybody. Champion of Love and Justice shows up. Of course, I mean Tuxedo Umino Mask. Right. Naturally. <laughs> Who else could you possibly mean? He shows up. Uh, reaches into his bag. Pulls out four fried shrimp between all of his fingers. And throws fried shrimp in the face of a monster. The monster is embarrassed for him. <laughs> the monster yeah. gives him a look like, kid, what are you doing? <laughs> I do like that he is just walking around with a backpack full of fried shrimp. Yeah. He, he made a that's lot of fried amazing. shrimp for, for Molly. Like, she, that's her favorite. And then he, uh, when, the, when, the, when the shrimp to the face doesn't do it, he tries smacking him in the face with the backpack. That also doesn't do it. Uh, he gets walloped pretty hard. But you know what? He gets hit so hard he has bruises on both sides of his face. Yes. But he's a trooper and he gets right back up and he says, I'm going to protect her, which is what, of course, once again, the second time causes Molly to be like, oh, he's protecting me. This is so beautiful. That distraction gives, of course, Serena the time to turn into Sailor Moon. So that's good. (laughs) 
like expecting a, a comment on the particular transformation, but it was the same as it's the it's the normal one. Yeah, it's just the regular old transformation. Uh, this is where she says uh, that the uh, Hokkaido Tourism Board is going to have a problem with him defaming Lake Akan. <laughs> Uh, is, which well, go ahead, you first. It's, no, it's just like I love it when Sailor Moon varies up her speech a little. Like when she talked about uh, uh, last episode when she said in the name of the SPCA. Right. Like, well, I'm like, I'm like, how did she get so smart all of a sudden? Like, if she knew all this stuff on tests, she wouldn't get 30s all the time. Right. She's having a lot of math tests about uh, the algae in Lake Akan. Oh no, but I guess I guess she does better at geography than we than we realized is all. Um. Yeah. So Molly is caught up in this uh, in this uh, algae ball and. And she's gonna. This is when we find out she's gonna die. Uh, Zoisite is like. Is this number twelve, by the way, or are there more? Twelve. Is this, like, is this number twelve for Molly? Oh. <laughs> Molly. Well, we'll find out when we read Naru's story. We can recount. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> no, yeah. So, like, Zoisite teleports in to be like, uh, look, your friend there, Molly, is suffoc- is going to choke on algae. <laughs> She's going to die of algae drowning. I don't know what you call that. Algae drowning. Yeah. Very okay. common cause of death. <laughs> Suffocation, I think, is how most people would describe <laughs> that's it. But algae yep. drowning. Algae drowning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all you have to do is give me your rainbow crystal. Now, I know, Sailor Moon, I know it's completely unreasonable of me to assume that you would have it <laughs> with you randomly because it's important and you would put it somewhere safe. You wouldn't just tuck it into your boob or anything like that. Right, you would not keep this valuable <laughs> mystical artifact. So take 20 minutes, go home, get it, and bring it to me. Oh, you have it on you right now. Okay. Oh, oh you're just going to reach into your bra and pull it out. Okay. <laughs> I like that Zoocyte looks very surprised by this. <laughs> Zoocyte is like, was not expecting that. Okay. But as she, as as he takes the rainbow crystal from Sailor Moon, tux, uh, Tuxedo Mask, the real Tuxedo Mask, uses his extendo cane to... <laughs> To smack her in the hand and knock it to the ground. I love Extendo Cane. That I is like, like Extendo Cane. It's a great power. It's a great yeah. uh, artifact, whatever you want to call it. And he's weapon like, is again how I think most people describe it. <laughs> artifact, weapon, whatever. It's from the Moon Kingdom, I assume. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, Sailor Moon grabs the Moon Crystal back. Uh, yay! Except then she falls and drops it because she's a klutz. <laughs> We get a lot of, like, really good uh, stuff with the cane here, um, both with uh, uh, Tuxedo Mask kind of swinging it hard enough to shatter the pavement and then using it to pull vault. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. It, it, uh, it, and then kind of like just swatting at the cherry blossoms. Right. I was going to say this This would have been one of his best fight scenes ever, except that he spends five minutes just swirling his cane through cherry blossoms for no reason. <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe the, the, the theory here is, oh, Zoisite teleports with cherry blossoms. So if I keep swinging my cane through, then he can't materialize because I'll hit him. I don't know. It's a dumb. Maybe he thinks that Zoisite turns into the petals. <laughs> He's like, if I can squish if a few petals. The petals, he is hitting uh, He's very clever. We also see the, the big uh, algae ball that Naru was trapped in that has her bow on it now. Oh, like yes. The bow in her hair is just like on the outside of the algae ball, which is goddamn ridiculous. <laughs> and speaking of new power come forth, <laughs> we now see Sailor Moon bring forth a new power, which is she, because Sailor Moon, uh, even though it would be smart to use the healing, that thing that she uses every episode to fix the monsters, <laughs> she goes, you know what? I'm going to use my kill move, but <laughs> she throws the she throws the the 
Oh my god, I can't remember the word for the stupid thing on her head. <laughs> tiara. tiara she action? throws the oh moon tiara. You're losing your words, I, uh, this, this episode has got me looping. She throws her moon tiara at, in the normal way she, where she would kill it, but then she goes, just a little bit! <laughs> and the tiara just smacks the guy in the back of the head and knocks it, him over. Like, it normally turns into that like glowing right. discus. Right. And this time it just kind of turns like back into a regular tiara and just kind of bops him on the back of the head. <laughs> Just a little bit. Oh my god, it's pretty epic. And then she uses, uh, it just knocks him down and she uses moon healing. Which, why did she not just use yeah. moon healing to begin with? So we could see her new power. Akan was, was not there. doing anything. Yeah, he was just hanging out. <laughs> he was just sort of chilling. True. But he gets refreshed back into Red Man. And uh, that's a happy ending for everybody. <laughs> yeah. And all of the algae balls uh, go away. So nobody uh, algae drowns. <laughs> No, but everyone has really bad sinus allergies, like sinus infections now. <laughs> I believe it. Um, also, Luna is actually impressed this episode, which is nice, because Luna is like, wow, Sailor Moon just won that on her own. Cool. Yeah. Uh, except that then, just because Luna was proud of her, that's when uh, Zoisite goes, I'm taking the crystal, by the way. Goodbye. Yeah. Zoisite teleports right in front of Luna. Luna jumps at Zoisite. Zoisite backhands the shit out of Luna. <laughs> Does, does, does Zoisite know Luna is a talking cat? Or is Zoisite just like, this fucking cat? Like, what the hell is it doing? I think I don't know if Zoisite <laughs> knows, but I mean, I'm sure she recognizes Luna from, from uh, last week. <laughs> oh, sure. Right, right. Right. This cat's still mad at me because I, <laughs> I attacked its boyfriend. <laughs> God, get over it, cat. So then we, then we get to see Redman doing his show again with his leg attack. And... <laughs> Did you write this episode, Jordan? Can you not remember what a kick was called? <laughs> yeah, I was just like, he does the thing where he puts his leg up and it hits it's the person. Leg attack. <laughs> the like leg it's, attack. It's like a punch with your foot. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so then, uh, but but Molly and uh, Melvin are actually on the date, and Melvin is dressed as Tuxedo Melvin, and she's like, "Yeah, I like it. I'm into it. <laughs> Keep wearing yeah. it." Nothing really happens for her to like come around on it. It's, but it's the protect. It's the protection purple. thing. It's the fact that he is willing to take a beating to protect her. Um, yeah, first walking over him, and then that. And then she was like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> uh, no, again. I also like. Oh, go ahead. Uh, so th- those kids at the front row uh, after the the fight, like the, the show just resumes, and the kids were like, "Oh, that must have just been an awesome pre-show." Yeah, that part where <laughs> I, I almost died. Like, oh my god. I actually, Do you not remember that you're an algae ball? Yeah, I went to Disneyland uh, a couple days ago, actually, like a week ago, and uh, I almost died, and I was like, that was the best. It was great. Uh, Beast came out, he slashed me, they had to bandage me back up, and I was like, keep going, let's see the rest of the show. Um, uh, it's, no, but you know, when, 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 when we started joking at, about their relationship, uh, at first we were talking about how Umino was waiting for Molly to be at her lowest and then take advantage of her. But now that we're actually seeing the relationship start, I kind of feel bad for him because like she only gets into this relationship when she's like, oh, he will literally let me walk on him. I guess this is right. the guy for me. <laughs> it is not. They are not. They are, are building on sand. <laughs> like it is... This is not a great relationship, like no. because like Umino had a crush on Yusagi, right, and then decided he had a crush on Naru, right, and Naru is getting out of this relationship that is like weirdly abusive and then weirdly tragically ending. 
So now she's going to become the abuser in the new relationship. Yeah, but then, like, the only way that she will recognize Umino's affection for her is if he is physically in danger. Like, I feel like there's going to be a lot of, uh, like, a lot of Umino and Naru going out on dates and Naru picking fights that Umino has to have. (laughs) Yeah, Naru just, like, insults people to their face just so they'll be, like, so mad that he'll have to get punched. Yeah. Let's go here, Melvin. Uh, This is a biker bar, Molly. I don't know if we should. (laughs) Because, not to mention, as we all know, good relationships are founded on one person just insulting the other until they fall in love. Right, of course. Wait, is that not true? I gotta have a talk with my girlfriend if that's the case. It's called the game, guys. You, you neg until you get what you want. Yeah. And but, then you neg sport. Is that book based on Sailor Moon? Because that really is what, <laughs> what, what Mamoru does. It must be. It's written after the the, the, the dub came out. So. Wow. Yeah. Color trash pile. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can take out the trash. Oh, God. <laughs> what a fun episode. Yeah, I loved it. So then what happens at the end? Uh, Usagi just like sits there going, why doesn't Tuxedo Mask love me? I don't know. Well, uh, Usagi does that and Luna goes, hey, uh, this was a huge failure. You are a huge failure today. Yeah, remember when I was right. proud of you? I was wrong. <laughs> I was proud of you for like a second and then I got backhanded by this uh, Megaverse general, this king of heaven, and now I am upset with you. Cats like, pretty much yeah. do get upset if you backhand them. though. That's a thing. Yeah, but like, <laughs> who are you really mad at here, Luna? Who are you really mad at? <laughs> Are you mad at the girl doing her best, or are you mad at the uh, man who just backhanded you and stole a crystal? <laughs> also, also, really, it's kind of your fault that Usagi was just keeping the rainbow crystal in her bra. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that was pretty dumb. Yeah. But I mean, it's kind of a good... I mean, if she hadn't been, then Molly would be dead. Although that's not really necessarily true, because they won by beating them. So never mind. Yeah, yeah. you're right. It was, just, it was just a dumb thing to do. So that brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, like I said, it's like, look, nothing is at the heights of uh, last week. But this is, uh, I, I think, a particularly weird one. Yeah. I don't think it's bad. It is like infinitely forgettable. Yeah. Uh, except for how weird it is. <laughs> Yeah, I like when I like whenever anyone else tries to be Tuxedo Mask. So and uh, Tuxedo Melvin, so funny. It's such a comic episode. It's like a sitcom. I think that's why it feels so like forgettable to you. It's just like, oh yeah, this is like something that would happen on like on like Step by Step or something. That's two episodes in a row where someone else does a Tuxedo Mask. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, I, I wish. The thing that could have made this episode 10 times better, to be honest, <laughs> is if Umino would have thrown the fried shrimp and it would have stuck in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> nope. He's not effective. That's why the monster was embarrassed for him. But yeah, like, I, I think this this episode in a lot of ways is a big step backwards. Um, I like the premise of it. I think it's funny. But with the way that we see Naru and Umino, like kind of coming together at the end of the last episode that was about them. Like, this feels like they are taking a huge step backward just so they can kind of push them back to exactly where they were at the start. Mm. And, like, it, 
like I th- I feel like it makes their relationship like their relationship was not ideal the last time we saw them, but this episode I think makes their relationship a lot worse. Well, this is also this might in many ways this might be the most filler of filler episodes because yeah I definitely think it is because I mean we literally were like okay they were like in order to fill things up we're gonna create this seven monster plot and that ended and it's like well we still have we had more than seven episodes I don't know why we only said seven monsters well now they can turn another monster person into a monster <laughs> what if we did this for like twelve episodes okay well we kind of already committed to this rainbow thing so. <laughs> Right? I mean, uh, so, yeah. Like, I like the the Rainbow Crystal plot. I think the Rainbow Crystal plot is fun. I like that it introduces tension between Sailor Moon and Tuxedo Mask. But I feel like it is at this point that this plot has worn out its welcome. Uh, again, I don't think this is a bad episode. I think that there's a lot to really enjoy in this episode. But coming on the heels of what were really seven really good spotlight episodes, for this yeah. one to kind of be like, oh, we, we didn't do a Nar- we didn't do a, a, a Umino spotlight. Like, he, we did a Naru spotlight. We didn't do an Omino spotlight. Like, yeah, you didn't need to do an Omino spotlight, guys. <laughs> like, it's okay. I mean, he kind of got a spotlight in the Naru episode because he w- that yeah. was when he protected her the first time. I feel like somebody, someone coming up with Tuxedo Umino, like that's too good a that's too good a gag to not do. Sure, like that, like that was going to happen. Like I remember somebody saying, you know, about the Royal Flush Gang in DC Comics. It's like, like this was a concept that was going to happen regardless of who did it. Like a bunch of playing card themed villains. Like that's just going to happen. Like Tuxedo Melvin was going to happen, uh, and I feel like they worked it in as best they could, but. You know, it's not it, it, it's not great. I don't think Amanda. Any any more final thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, I I pretty much agree with you, Chris. It was it's definitely uh, it's definitely funny. There are a lot of really great moments, but like as a as an episode, uh, like on the whole, it's like why is this happening again? <laughs> uh, it, it's uh, it's it does feel like stalling. Like oh okay, here here we go uh, until we get into like the next arc. Yeah, I, I think part of it is that we don't learn anything new about anyone. True. Yeah. Like, we already know that Umino is a weirdo who likes Naru. We we already know that like Naru is not like quite super thrilled with Umino. Yeah. Yeah. Like all the other spotlights, we learn something or we get to see someone who we don't normally see a spotlight on. And and again, I think doing this episode so soon after the Naru spotlight, which I, I feel like the Naru spotlight it's, is actually pretty good. Like Naru coming, like Naru going through the Maxfield Stanton stuff and then having a spotlight episode on her with uh, the Boxy episode. We 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 have learned all there is to learn about Naru and we don't learn anything new about Umino, which is frustrating. Yeah, that's true. Mm, but it's funny. But now is the time where we talk about what we did learn because we uh-huh. have to learn something. And I am, I am dreading it. I, I am so scared of what to expect. I have. I, I honestly cannot remember what the lesson is, but I have it queued up. Ready for it? All right. Let's let's hear it. Boy, Melvin sure surprised everybody today. Who'd have thought he had superhero inside him? That's why it's important not to judge people by how they look or what they wear, but what you personally know about them. And don't be swayed by some stupid prejudice you've always heard and never really questioned. Everyone is a unique individual. Right, you never know what's inside. Then again... 
<laughs> don't, don't say then again. Then again. Don't, don't the, be like, hey, don't buy into prejudice. And then be like, well, sometimes you can. It's okay. <laughs> the the uh, 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 part was when they were stepping on him. They showed, they showed, we showed the clip of them walking on him and he was going, rah, blah, blah. Uh, and that's Okay, why here's, like, here's what I learned from that specifically was that <laughs> I thought I was exaggerating Molly's accent. I was not going far enough. No, no, it's very, it's very extreme. <laughs> yeah. And also, she says, she says, don't go by, go by things that you personally know you about personally them. know about them. <laughs> like, what? So, okay. Yeah, I don't know. So, I guess don't believe rumors, but, like, if people are actually jerks, you can just be like, I personally know that the guy's a jerk. All right. So, what did we learn from this episode? Uh, Amanda, we will start with you. What, this is Sailor Business says, what life lesson did you take away from this episode? Uh, well, I, I think it's, it's important to meddle in your friend's love life, especially if it means you could pawn off someone that you don't want to deal with anymore. <laughs> uh, Wait, like, which one of them are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Who's she trying to pawn off? Well, I mean, you know, like, Umino used to like her, and if it, you know, he's annoying. And it's like, all right, well, you like her now? Great. <laughs> Time to defriend zone you. Um, also, all boys should be like the boy you're crushing on. <laughs> So, you know, nobody should, like, better themselves. They should just pretend to be someone else. Um, and uh, I, I think uh, I think carry a neti pot just in case you get trapped <laughs> in a ball of algae. <laughs> that shit can be nasty. That is a lot of lessons. <laughs> I, I learned, uh, uh, I learned uh, uh, well, I, mostly I learned the words for uh, a kick attack and uh, uh, algae drowning <laughs> and uh, the thing on a uh, uh, head. <laughs> the thing on a head. Used leg attack. <laughs> uh, I learned that if you really want to make a good impression on the person that you have a crush on, find out what their favorite food is, and then make a bunch of that food and just put it in a backpack. <laughs> so you just have a backpack full of that food. That way, and if, if the conversation ever wanes, you're just like fried shrimp. Yeah, you know, just, have, <laughs> just have like a full backpack full of hot fried shrimp. Yeah, directly sweaty, in there from the fryer. Soggy he's lu- he's very lucky. Her favorite food wasn't oh god, what was it called? The beef thing <laughs> that was Andrew's favorite food. <laughs> oh, the Hayashi rice. Hayashi rice, right? Because then he'd have a backpack full of Hayashi rice. That would be terrible. Oh, what a mess. Also, if anyone out there like wants a cool restaurant idea for uh, for Brooklyn, uh, I bet you could get a, a backpack restaurant idea. Oh, yeah. backpack restaurant. It's like a food truck, but you ba- you're based out of a house and you just send out people with backpacks just selling food out of their backs. It's great. So that brings us to the end of another episode. We like for an episode that we did not really seem to like much we sure have been on this Skype call for two hours yeah we had a lot oh, to yeah. say about it amanda before we leave can you please tell everyone where they can find you and the devastator online uh yes so uh on twitter you can find me at uh at amandonium and uh my publishing company the devastator you could find us at get devastated on twitter our website is uh devastatorpress.com um that's where you can find our otaku book which is is all anime parodies, including a really great Sailor Moon comic, and our latest book, which just came out this week. It's all horror movies and uh, scary things themed. It's hilarious, and uh, yeah, and you can you can also find me at TCAF this. 
coming, what is it a week and a half from now? Oh, I'm going man. to Buffalo oh. first and then, uh, and then we'll be in T we'll be at TCAF for, for, uh, from Friday through Sunday. So I don't know what our table number is, but look for the, the devastator at TCAF. It's going to be fun. All right. Uh, uh, Jordan, where can everybody find us online? You can find me on Twitter at crackshot with a zero instead of an O. And what about you? Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at the ISB. That's T H E I S B. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at sailor business. Please give us a follow. And if you enjoy the show, why not give us a rating or review on iTunes to help other Sailor Moon fans find it and inspire them to write some fan fiction about Naru having yes. lots of problems. Yeah, I can't wait to read uh, it. We've got some uh, some exciting news in the future. We are talking. Uh, we're trying to plan it out. We're trying to carve out some time to do a uh, a crossover with uh, the One Shot podcast where we'll be playing the Sailor Moon role playing game. So that's very exciting. Yeah, I, oh. I, I think we're going to have to decide who gets to play who. Uh, it's going to be really I difficult. Be, I want to be Jupiter. Who do you want to be? Oh, okay. Never mind. I'm going to be Sailor Moon. Duh. No, you can't be Sailor Moon. Like, Wait, that's, what? That's the thing. Like, neither one of, like, we're going to have to let someone else be Sailor Moon. What? <laughs> that's the only way we're not going to have a fight, Jordan. I thought you just liked Sailor Jupiter better. I mean, look, I look, I like them all. Well, I don't know. Uh, well, then I need to figure it out. Like, can you play Tuxedo Mask? <laughs> no, I think Tuxedo Mask is an NPC who just shows up. Really? Oh, man. Can you play Luna? <laughs> We'll figure it yes. out. Yes. Yes. Okay. You play Luna. <laughs> I'll play Sailor Jupiter. I've got all the power weapons in my butt, so you better be nice to me. <laughs> all the power weapons in my butt. That does it for this week's episode. We'll be back next time with uh, Enter Venus, the last Sailor Guardian. Uh, so we will be finally assembling all of the inner senshi. Uh, and we will be comparing that to the manga and talking to a friend about that episode. Be here next week for that. And until then, keep your mind on sailor business. Sailor.